Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. I think really this this is like when Anxiety. your kids come home with lice and your head starts to itch. Yeah. This show, I'm... It's, it's making keep, you... Yeah. It's making me anxious. Hi, I'm Rachel Bellow. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. You're listening to The Big Payoff Podcast. Today, we're talking about fear in the workplace and why we so often feel afraid at work. I'm I'm feeling just a little bit afraid right now. Did you feel me breathing when we were talking outside? I did. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the topic of this show is I'm truly deep breathing. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I've, it, you and I have been having this conversation actually a lot lately where what happens is I'll call you and say, I feel nervous. I feel, I, I don't know that I'd use the word fear, but it's a feeling. So whether it's scared or anxious or whatever, I'll, and then we talk it through and we kind of go through a list of, well, is it this? Is it that? Is it this? And back in the day when we really were under way more pressure from the external forces in our lives, we could usually name it pretty quickly. Like, well, oh, it's that jerk. Yeah. I mean, Client. I think the, the the reason we want to talk about this today is everybody experiences fear at work. It's just a basic. And it isn't in just in the first six months of every job, which is always, yeah. Oh, yeah. always a proving time. If you're not time. scared in the yeah. first six months. It's hell. Yeah. The first six months of any job is hell because, you know, you think you're a fraud, whatever. But you might be a fraud in those first six months. Well, you probably were, actually. <laughs> but but the thing is that even at our advanced age, there is still a lot of fear, not a lot of fear around work, but there are moments of real, genuine fear around work that we kind of take for granted. And we want to sort of pull the cover off that and take a look at it and go, is it necessary? And what's it really about? Yeah, because I think when you get behind it, because fear feels external. You know, the factors for us, Rachel, over the years, we've either had a client from hell. I mean, we once had this client that was so triggering to to you. Mm-hmm. Well, you triggered him and he triggered you, Ivan. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I don't think yeah, he's listening to this podcast. Not. If he is... He's no longer our client anyway, so it doesn't matter. But he would really get under your skin yeah. because he was very um, critical. He and resistant. Resistant. Resistant that to our help. Off. Oh, my God. And then I would become a bitch, and then he would call you and go, what's 
the yeah. deal with Rachel. Why yeah. is she being so mean? It was very triggering. So that led to every interaction with Ivan being being scary. Well, you know that feeling of when an email comes in, whether oh, it's God. from a it can be from a client, it can be where it's always the same feeling of, of dread. Dread oh, when you just see the name, name, just the name. You know, it it still happens. And remember um our client at the very large, large foundation who if you named the city, it would be pretty clear. Battle Creek, Michigan. <laughs> okay. There's only one freaking foundation there. <laughs> but okay. But but the thing was is that it was a very this and this is a contributing factor. We were getting paid an enormous amount of money for yep. the project. So that's a setup, right, for fear. Is when you're getting paid a lot and you think Am I coming through? All the time it's like, am I coming through? Am I coming through? Then they start expressing displeasure or doubt, and then you're off to the races. Well, you're, with this then person. you're, first of all, always on the defensive. Yeah, always. Every time the email comes in, you're prepared for battle. It's like yep. fight flight. And so I think what we need to do is really step back and, first of all, Rachel and I just did you a, a favor for this show, as we do every podcast, which is we broke this down, we made a list. Right. Well, we didn't just do it. We did it last night. Right. Well, we did it before we got on the air today. But nope. we made we figured we go through this checklist. I, the way I go through my mental checklist is I'll say, first, is it something with my kids? Yeah. You know, is that really the thing? Is it yeah. something with my husband? Is it anything at home? Once I eliminate the personal, I'll go client by client or project by project. And then I'll go to the meta, like our career, right. our business, our reputations. Right. I'll go all the way out. It depends if it's. One in the morning, I stay closer to home. By three in the morning, I'm oh, at Meta. Oh, baby, the three in the morning. Oh. That is just the devil's playground yeah. right there. And we, we really are going to give you a checklist. And we're going to help you break it down and not just analyze it, but actually show you the door out for each one of those issues because we all have the same issues and when it comes to fear at work. Yeah. And we're going to give you that checklist when we come back from the break. So, Rachel, we just promised a checklist, and let's just go through it, because what we did was we tried to ask ourselves, what are the things that cause us fear, and then how universal are those things? And right. What are to... the three kinds, categories of fear that not only we have, but I hear from my girls, and that Suzanne hears from her friends and from her children at the office? There, It really actually isn't that complicated. It's three classic fear factors at the office. One category of fear is the question you're asking yourself that goes, am I am I really smart enough for this job? Am I good enough for this either promotion they've given me or job that I'm giving that I've been given? Yeah, am am I over my head? Am I a fraud? Yeah, am I a right? fraud? And yeah, th- and yeah. and that of course peaks in the first 6 months of any job, but you know what? It really doesn't go away, oh, no. if, especially if you're on a fast track and you're being given more and more responsibility. It took us years and years to get over the feeling that a client at any moment was going to ask the question that would be the scariest question for us, which was, well, how, how do you know? How do you know? 
<laughs> how do you know that? I mean, uh-huh. you never want to get asked no. that question if so you're Suzanne you know and Rachel. Like, <laughs> because I freaking know. I told you. That's why I know. Right. Okay. And the other um, category of fear is, and this is especially true in the early part of your career, which is, do I really like this job? And what you're really asking is, oh, God, is this the right career for me? Am I in the right career? Do I like this? Am I, do I really like this? Is this the right fit for me? Right, or am I going to get trapped here in a job exactly. that I hate? Exactly. And you look above you and you go, I don't like any of their lives. Oh, my God, I'm going to be that person yeah. who's staying till 1 in the morning dressed in her sweatpants? I don't want to do that. So we're going to tell you what that's really about and how to get out of that. And then the third one is... Boy, is this a big one. Does my boss really see how special I am? Does he really know? And it's usually he, but it's not always. No, the the, the running narrative in your head is, wow, I really am great. Not even at what I do, but just... Just I'm great. I'm really great. I'm a gift. I'm a gift to this place. I'm so special. Yes. And it feels really scary and dangerous if your boss doesn't see that first, you know, and it's looking at performance and skills and did you do this well and how did you do in this meeting? No, 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 no. Yeah. Let's cut right, right to the chase. Do you understand that I am hugely special and that pretty much anything I do is pretty special. Yeah, and I know that because my mother always told me that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. why don't you know that? Or didn't tell me, and so I need everybody else to tell me. (laughs) Right. Well, we're going to get to that in a minute. So those are the three categories. We know you feel these. If you aren't feeling these, then you're not alive at work, honestly. If you go to work every day feeling completely calm and carefree. Well, first of all, you're not pushing yourself enough. Oh, yeah. Second of all, you may be on the on the spectrum, I don't know. Yeah, or your meds are too high a dose. I mean, you know, we've all been there. <laughs> you know, bring the Zoloft down. Right, where I okay. go. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel really, God, I feel really great. On the other hand, I don't feel much. <laughs> right. Like, when I went off caffeine, and and which I did, as you know, like eight years ago, every time I'd have even a little dose of something, I'd walk around all day thinking, wow, I just got the best news. Maybe yeah. this really is a great job. And then I'd realize it was the caffeine. Yeah. It's the worst, worst buzzkill. Yeah. We're, one of our solutions is not going to be um, altering your mood through some external pill or taking no. a toke before you go so to So let's, let's go to the first one. So, you know, am I, am I going to get called out for being a fraud? So, yeah. Am I smart enough? Am I smart enough? So what do we what do you do about that? You well, you must you. feel that all the time. <laughs> so why don't you take this one on? Well, I'll tell you the biggest trick there is no skipping this. Two things. If you do these two things, you will you will cut down that feeling by 99%. Number 1 is always be prepared. I don't care whether it's a small staff meeting. Be prepared, be buttoned up and prepared. That is, come in with all the materials you need to that meeting. Look at whatever deck has been sent in advance, whatever's been sent to you in advance. Read it up the night before. I I cannot tell you if I could grab your shoulders through this microphone and tell you, 
if you are prepared, right, I'm about you to, will feel so much better. So much better. I'm about to give a shout out to my father-in-law, Murray Brown, who you love. Rachel, oh, he's the cutest. He's adorable. This were his, are there four Ps or five? This were his. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> wow, he's really something. He, he's, a, he's a branding expert. But I, but I will tell it's you It's good and freaking advice. So many times we wing it, especially yeah. in meetings that are sort of low stakes and it's just me and my peers. If you're the person prepared oh, in the yeah. meeting, oh my God, you feel on top of the world. So that's number one. And the second is listen, 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 and listen. Listen, listen. So do not be the person. This is per- coming from you. Shh, quiet. <laughs> is do not be the first person in the room to talk. Right. Or if you don't do any of these things, there is that fabulous um, article on the ten things you can do to sound smart in a meeting. <laughs> right. It. So the couple of the good ones are. Repeat the last thing that was said, but more slowly. Right. Like, repeat the last thing that was said. More slowly. Interesting. Huh. Or the other good one was, if there's any data, a slide that's been presented that has data on it, you say to the person after the slide has advanced, go, wait, can we go back to that last slide? <laughs> right? Like, you're really absorbing right. the data. Oh, yeah. wait, there is another really good one, which is always ask this question. Can it scale? <laughs> no matter what you're no talking matter what. about. Okay, right. but look, to be serious, so Rachel just delivered. That was gold. That was good stuff just now. I'm telling you, the preparation part is so it's, – it's such an anxiety reducer that it's like, it's like taking a pill yeah. by preparing. All it takes is a half hour the night before reading, Think, making a list. Rachel, let's go back to yesterday. To yesterday. Absolutely. Rachel was um, without me, which was – probably the source of your fear. You were alone um, with another partner and, and a big presentation. And normally, if you and I were doing that, our habit is to have ourselves buttoned, buttoned up, up to our teeth by about five days before. Honestly. Oh, yeah. And every slide would have been meticulous and thought And through. who's leading it? Oh, And yes. what's the kit point there? Who's doing which slide? Well, and what, right. this team that I was working with just doesn't work that way. They're just much looser. And I was freaking out about the fact that we were going into the meeting and the slides weren't even finished. Right. They weren't even designed. I was completely like, oh, my God, I can't get that feeling of it. But you know what? It went great. It was a different way of doing it. I prepared what That's I That's what could I was going to say. It yeah. went well because you pre- all you need to take care of is yourself. Yes. You can't take care of your colleagues. You can't right. take care of your clients. Prepare yourself. Let's go on to the next one. So is this job the right fit for me? Do I really like my job? This is what I, I remember so clearly. When I left Teach for America and I was in this office with all my people. Like when you know you're in a tribe, oh, this was my tribe. Where you're laughing all day long. All day long. So many people. There you were, were smoking a lot of pot on the We were smoking a lot of pot there, <laughs> actually. Um, on Coke cans. We would yeah. pop holes into yeah, the Coke Yeah, we did uh, cans. toilet, toilet um, right. containers. If you did, got nothing else from our show, yeah, just delivered right yeah. there. Anyway, so those were my people, and there were, you know, a hundred of us, and it was this amazing environment. But I left there, not only left that job and that career, moved from New York back to Chicago, which was a huge yeah. emotional thing for me because my family was here, and I left my life in New York, and I moved back to Chicago. And I go into work on the first day, 
and I'm alone. Yeah. Alone in this office inside of Loyola Law School mm-hmm. I- at a desk. And all I, I mean, I'm getting emotional. All I could think to myself was, what have I done? Right. I've made a tor- terrible mistake. And that I'll never get out of. Every now, time I hear this, oh, that's the key. I'll never get out of it. Suzanne, this. that's the key, is that I'll never get out of it. And every time I hear this, I always tell people, stop thinking globally. Stop, I, the thing that's causing you pain is that last piece. I'll never get out of this. I'm trapped in my career. This is what... Think in two-year time frames and ask yourself this. What... Do I need from this job now? Not 20 years from now, right now. Is it money to pay back some debts? Is it learning a specific thing? Like you could be in a job that you know you don't want to hang on to long term, but man, is it teaching you how to work with spreadsheets. Right. Do that job until you have nothing left to learn on that front. Or is this introducing me to a new network of people? Am I now going to expand my horizon simply by being in a new environment with new people? Right. Right. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And so the mistake that I think underlies this fear of is this the right job for me is do do I like this job is you're looking for your job to be your home and not every job is your home in fact there's usually only one job in your entire career career where enough factors come together where it feels like oh this is home and every other job is a pathway to something bigger and it's not necessarily even true that once you're in your home you're going to stay there forever but you you find it and it's the scariest one to leave but this is if you're feeling right now like you just don't know if this is the right job for you just go to those three facts we just gave you are you learning are you meeting new people is there something about this job in this moment that you desperately need like money just hang on to that for now and then ask the big question in a slightly longer increments just give yourself a year yeah give yourself a year or two and and stop thinking about it as career so don't go global yeah okay third fear category is 
the most interesting one, which is, does your boss think you're special? Like, does he really, does she really believe that I'm special? I I do think you're special. I'm sorry I don't tell you enough. What I think it's very special that you think I'm your boss. And I mean special as in little special yellow school bus, but okay. Um, wow. The real, the real question that you're asking, that you should be asking is, do you really know how special you are? In what respect? And I'm telling you, if you try to leapfrog over knowing what it is that makes you special, and here's a hint, it isn't everything. <laughs> it's just usually some gift, some gift, some special feature of you. If you aren't confident of that, you're going to be trying to look – you're going to look for that from everybody, especially your boss, and it's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. And something else will happen that will be really dangerous to you. If you aren't locked down on what that special skill or gift, genius, whatever you want to call it, if you don't know what that is, you are going to be all day long. It's like, who's my mommy? Yeah. All day long, you're going to be looking for somebody else to hand it to you or show it to you. Confer and, onto you the specialness yes. that you aren't feeding yourself. And, you know, it's dangerous. It's, it's really it's, dangerous. It's really dangerous. And it's really important. It doesn't mean that you're always going to be on your gift. You know, so let's say you're in incredibly good at working with groups and bringing the best out of groups and leading groups. Okay. Just knowing that and steering yourself as much as possible in that direction is so huge. It doesn't mean you're always going to be doing that. You're going to be getting a lot of other ancillary skills. But knowing that you're great oh, yeah. and best in the world at something is what makes you feel special. And I want to end on this one thought and then Rachel and I are going to do something we have not done a new feature on this show which we're going to explain in just a moment but I want to end on this thought it's it's true that your boss is always the prototype I don't know if that's the right word in psychoanalytic analysis but of mom or dad yeah the archetype the archetype yeah. thank you yeah of mom or dad and you're seeking their approval always. Yep. So you should also be aware of that. Who's this figure to me? Yep. Why do I need their approval so much? Is it really about this boss and this relationship? Or do I need to dive deeper into my own insecurities relative to that need? And look, this is between you and your therapist, but really it's between you and you. It really is. And your reaction, if it's disproportionate to whatever feedback you get, got, let's say your boss raised an eyebrow at something you said and you go home devastated and depressed, Yes, take yourself on and go, look, that's my stuff. And really, I'm telling you, it makes you feel better yes. when you realize, I know this is weird to say, if you realize it really is inside you, you actually have some control over it. Oh, yeah. So- this is what we're going to do right now. We're going to have a launch of a new segment that we're calling Call Your Guru. Rachel and I, over the course of our career together, have met people along the way who have a really specific genius and gift, and they've either been our coaches or sometimes colleagues, people we know and have worked with that we know that you need to hear from them because they say things and have said things over the course of our careers that have really been game-changing. So we're going to call a guru and get her take on this topic of fear. She's great on behavior change. Yep. 
So she's very practical. She gets right to the punch. She doesn't want to be your therapist. Oh, no. She wants to get you up this mountain. So let's call our guru when we come back from a break. Well, you can bide your time for the rest of your life. Keep your options open so you don't have to decide. Are you waiting for excuses to materialize? Or is it fear of Okay, so this is our segment, Call Your Guru. Who's oh. today's guru, Suzanne? Who are we, <laughs> we going to have behind Who door number have? three? Uh, so Alicia Basuk is a coach, an executive coach. And she's, I mean, I hired her to coach Rachel during a very <laughs> particular moment. Because I was the only executive in the room. Right. No, but we have turned to Alicia over the years for our own true need to have expert advice. I've recommended her to tons of people because she has this gift of being able to cut right to... I was just going to gonna say, she just cuts straight to the chase. Yeah. It's very different from an experience with a therapist where you go deep and you wander around. It's just like, no, 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 no. Yeah. She is interested in results and what you're doing. Not so much about the origins of why you're doing it, but like what is happening how can you stop that or how can you do more of yeah. this so that you can get that? And she gets such results that, you know, the the word of mouth, she doesn't have to do any marketing. Although right. what's happening right now is kind of <laughs> right, Exactly, except right. we're going on podcast. All right, let's call Alicia, see what she has to say. Alicia? Hi. Hi, Hi. there. So we've called uh, you as our as our guru. How do you feel about that? I feel very comfortable. I've I've already had about four or five calls like that today. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. The thing that you said to me once that was I've repeated many times is we were in a moment where I felt like I could not take a day off of work. I mean, I could not take a break. I could not take a day off. I could not take you know any kind of vacation. And you said to me. Unless you're the president of the United States or the head of the Red Cross, you can take a vacation. It was both very smart and very shaming at the same time. But but there's never a tone of shaming no, in Alicia. I, so it was very humbling. And I the thing say. I remember, Alicia, that you said to me, I'll never forget. You just said, Suzanne is ballast on your deck. <laughs> dump, dump her. <laughs> It was it was so freeing. I decided not to, but it just I think about it a lot. Um, so we actually have a question for you. We've been talking in this show about fear in the workplace and about how we all experience it, not just in the first six months of a job, but just it's a regular feature um, of 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 our experience in the workplace. But we'd love to get your view on. How you experience in your clients, who, by the way, really are senior executives, what's the experience of fear that you feel? What are the big sources and what do you say to them? The first thing that you want to do is take an audit. So uh, what evidence do I have that I'm good enough or that I'm not good enough, that my boss knows that I'm special or doesn't know? And... Um, in that category of does the boss know I'm special, you want to ask yourself also, what things am I doing to show my boss that I'm special? And um, how, how am I withholding that? So this is about transparency or withholding as well. 
So you're going to take that audit and be very rational. Is there any evidence that would cause me to to uh, have like that it, that would cause me to to be in a place where fear is actually something that's going to help me, um, or am I fabricating this uh, from a more of an irrational place? So that that audit, you, you have it right in front of you, and that will help you get your head around the situation. And the second thing you want to do: schedule a meeting with your manager and get feedback. And and there's a few things you want to remember about getting this feedback. So the first thing is you want to actually ask for feedback. It's not that you schedule a meeting and then sit there (laughs) and expect that your manager's going to know, tell you, yeah, you're smart enough. Yeah, I know you're special. You want to actually say, I've been at this job for this much time. I'm feeling very open to feedback. So if there's anything you can share with me, um, I, I can assure you that I'll really spend time thinking about it and trying to improve. So whatever they tell you, no matter how wrong it sounds to you, take notes. And when they're done, tell them thank you. So thank you is signaling that you remain open after they've given you feedback, which might have been difficult for them to give you. And uh, it it also reminds you to stay open. And you want to remember that no matter what they tell you, there's something in there that is going to go on your list of that audit list. So, you know, are you smart enough? Are you special enough? Do they think you're smart? Do they think you're special enough? Like you're going to get data points for that audit. And so there's whether or not you agree with your manager, there is some little precious gem in there for you to learn from. Yeah, that's great. And Alicia, how soon in a job can you ask for feedback? Probably not the first day, right? So <laughs> what, what, how long should someone be on the job before they can reasonably yeah, you, ask for that? You could, uh, by the end of the first day, you could say, uh, just w- wanted to see, you know, I had a great first day. I wanted to see, you know, right off the bat, is there any feedback? It's not, it's not too early on the first day. Well, I guess if and, it's not, you're saying informally, you could say it on the first day. I, I can't imagine asking my <laughs> manager for a meeting. Or well, you, you're I'll saying tell you, you can. that if your manager didn't schedule a meeting with you at the end of your first day, your manager probably, you know, it's your manager's mistake, actually, because managers should schedule a meeting with new people at the end of the first day. Wow, we didn't we didn't <laughs> we schedule suck. meetings after the first year. <laughs> we <laughs> suck. <laughs> right. We didn't. Okay. You guys have moved on to doing this podcast. Then. Hey, yeah. Thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Alicia, any other nuggets of wisdom on this question of fear? Ask yourself, so as scary as it is that you might not be smart enough, that you might not like this job, that your boss doesn't know that you're special, what is scarier, that or to be the kind of person that is semi-paralyzed by this fear or or is bogged down by this fear? Like, do you want to be that kind of a person? (laughs) And so just that realization of no, I don't want to be that kind of person. That God. is scarier to me. That can sometimes shake you up enough that is to take huge. some of the other stuff. Alicia, the, facing your fear, I mean, honestly, I have an object lesson in my mother, who thankfully doesn't listen to this podcast regularly enough. Um, or, to, ever. Uh, <laughs> well, or ever. When I make her listen uh. to one show or another. But um, 
that's an object lesson of what a life looks like when you simply don't face your fear, but you create these boogeymen out of every fear you've ever had and then ask other people to make you feel better about it. Facing your fear is always going to make you feel better I also love the fear itself. I love the question of, do I want to be that, that person? Kind of person. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, this is great. This is exactly why we used you in our pilot project on Calling Your Guru, our pilot feature, I you should were say. so guru-like. Yeah. Are you sitting in yoga <laughs> pose right now where you're like, that <laughs> yes, would be I'm really awesome. Are you in Lotus <laughs> as you speak to we, us? We need to sign off on this feature that's like, you go, guru. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Namaste. Yeah. No, you should say that to us, actually, I think. No, I definitely won't say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alicia, thanks for calling in. Guys, I'm. Uh, it's my great pleasure, and I'm the hugest fan of your podcast out there. Thanks, Alicia. We'll Thank pay you, you later. <laughs> right, we'll send you that <laughs> slip you a 20 later. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Ciao. Well, look. I we think have no wisdom to add. To I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> it's interesting because she is so practical. I know. And I do wonder, you know, how if I had had a, a real mentor, a real guru earlier on in yeah. my career, somebody who was actually looking out for me in a way that felt safe. Right. And, you know, you know, your parents, the kind of advice they give is they get in the covers, under the covers with you and they go, why do you feel this way, honey? Do you think it reminds you of when your brother was born? <laughs> right. And blah, 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 blah. And Alicia doesn't care about any of that. She's just like, take an audit, audit, look at it. If it's rational, go with it, quit. She's if like Spock. Not, she is. She's just absolutely Spock. Yeah. Okay. Spock well, on. This is it. Hope you feel less afraid tomorrow. I hope I stop this like deep breathing. I'm feeling like all day on this show I've been like deep. I think really this this is like when Anxiety. your kids come home with lice and your head starts to itch. Yeah. This show, I'm it's, it's making keep, you yeah. it's making me anxious. Okay, that's all for today. See you next time on the big payoff. If you like what you heard, you can find us at BigPayoffRadio.com, on iTunes, on the Acast app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please, please rate and review us. It matters. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.